we're not an underdog. This is not an underdog team anymore, for sure. Patting ourselves on the back for running in the top 10, I don't mean to be the tough guy, but like that's that's very modest goals for, for our teams. I, I think that uh, I expect them to contend for wins and top fives on a regular basis. The following is a production of Dirty Mo Media. Hey guys, welcome to Actions Detrimental preseason preview edition. Uh, I'm Denny Hamlin. I drive the number 11 car for Joe Gibbs Racing and I co-own the 23 and 45 car for 2311 Racing. And my esteemed co-host is Jared Allen, purple vests. Well, not necessarily purple. We're getting new vests this year for people wondering about the whole vest thing. Hold on, they're no, pur- no purple. I, I hear they're not purple and uh, it will not be number 560. Uh, so there'll be a new. Hold on, this is breaking news. <laughs> there'll be new. Branding. How are people going to find you then? <laughs> well, they'll, ha- they'll yeah, they'll just have the old-fashioned way, um, without the vest, I guess. <laughs> Until obviously, like we're getting five but weeks. But they have into to have season. a color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They will. Okay, they're not going to be black. They're. I don't know. Just so if you're in the stands, they will be for this Daytona race. They're the same old vest. They're the purple vest. I have number five twelve, and then come Atlanta. There'll be new branding. Everyone will have new vests, new colors. Do new you know numbers. why that is? Did they clue y'all in on, on they've, that? They've been talking about this for the last half, handful of years. Every year we hear, oh, there's going to be new vests this year. There's going to be new vests this year. And I think mm. this is actually the year there's going to be new vests. Well, I mean, those old vests were expensive if you lost them, right? Weren't they like $500 to replace? 250 Or $2.50 if you want to replace it on Amazon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... I saw uh, where someone said that Jared should have pushed for uh, number 511 as his vest. I mean, we just got so accustomed to 560. I had 511, actually. In 2000, the year before this podcast started, I had 511. And it was fitting cause, yeah, because for obvious reasons. Because um, you're two favorites? <laughs> something like that. Yeah, that's fair. And then it switched last year, and then it, uh, then it took mm. off. They give you the champion's vest, 512, the past two champions. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. 512. Nice. Um, well, so we don't have a big script for this episode, so we're going to kind of wing this a little bit, but we feel like there's plenty to talk about. We got the Daytona 500 coming up this week. Um, this is our last off week for quite a while in this season. So um, Super Bowl plans, Jared? You, you know, Oh, well, I guess this episode isn't. Yeah, yeah we can just let the people know we're taping us on Friday, so <laughs> yeah, we, we want to enjoy the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, wh- where where did you watch the Super Bowl? <laughs> um, I was in Raleigh this weekend. Mm. Um, visiting friend. Okay. Um, did uh, who was your prediction to win the Super Bowl? And let's see if it came true. Uh, the Forty the ers Wow. Okay, going against the grain. I'm torn. I'm torn. I. I, I am re- too. If if it's Monday, right, and yep. you're listening to this episode, I really hope that we saw um, just what it would be like to see Taylor Swift win a Super Bowl. I really want to see that. Do you think the NFL wants that? hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah. But I also do not want Patrick Mahomes to win a Super Bowl because I'm I like Tom Brady. Like Tom Brady's the oh, goat. You're I trying to uphold that legacy of the goat, right? And if Mahomes wins a third Super Bowl this young in his career. Mm. Challenger. Tough conversation. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I can tell you this. Taylor was heavily invested on the 49ers winning because she has a, a uh, 
homework pass at stake here. So in her class, they gave the kids the option. But before the playoffs started, here's the teams that are in it. Pick which team wins the Super Bowl. If you get the right answer, then you get a homework pass. So heavily invested is Taylor. Huh. Interesting. So, yeah. There's a there's a before we move on to this a, a prop bet I think I saw uh, yesterday well not yesterday on Thursday so a couple days ago mm-hmm. um, two point five was the line players to throw a touchdown pass or throw a pass not a touchdown pass throw a pass so obviously Over. you're given a two Over. right the two quarterback so there'd be a trick play or there'll be a quarterback out for a play or two that too yeah I would take over on that. Um, we'll see if that came true. Anyway, let's, let's go to the present time, present time. Okay. Um, Daytona 500 is coming up this weekend. Let's, let's start our, our kind of our preview. What, what's your bold prediction on the 500? Again, this is impromptu. Jared didn't know these questions are coming. So I'm, I'm hitting them quick here. What, who, who's, who are we talking about one week from now? that just won the Daytona 500? Bold prediction would be a new winner, like we had last year in Ricky Stenhouse Jr. That would be the bold prediction. Who from this It's not little? bold if it's you... happened like the last three years in a row. All right, well then what's an example of a bold prediction? I got one. You win in another? Is that bold? I, I, I'm not... Like what is, I'm what not is bold? saying me. I, I know I'm going to win, but if I don't, I have a bold prediction. Okay. Kyle Busch wins his first Daytona 500. How is that bold? He's never won it. Okay, well, that's the same thing that I just said. A guy who's never won it. What's more likely, I Kyle Busch to win so it or vague. like... You're being so vague. Corey LaJoy. I know, but Jared's lumping everybody that's never won a Daytona 500 <laughs> into his bold prediction. That's oh, that's not true. bold yeah. if you just say, oh, somebody knew. Okay, well, there's like 30 guys that have never won it that are probably going to be in this field. So... You get what I'm saying? I like, you got to be yeah. more pre- specific if you're going to be bold. And mine is that Kyle Busch wins it for the first time. All right. My After bold prediction is 20 that. years of trying, 20 years of frustration. <laughs> Kyle Busch. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. My bold prediction is that uh, Jimmy Johnson makes the race and is up towards the front at the end. All right. I'll go, bold, I'll go bolder. My prediction, Jimmy Johnson sits on the front row. Now is that not bold? Makes, now is that bold? Not only know. makes the race, he sits on the front row. That's a pretty good sign for your Toyota Zen. I, it's uh, it's meant to be bold, not like predictable. I mean, what's the chances? Probably not very good, but I, it's that's my bold prediction. Jimmy Johnson comes out of the gate, boom, with a smoking fast lap. Okay, well, the chances are one in forty-one. Yeah, so it's bold. Um, all right. What else we uh, we want to hit on? So those are Daytona 500 predictions. Um, I I do want to I, I do want to play a little game with you. Okay, let's think about this. This is my this is predictions, and I'm I'm going to ask both of you, and we're going to put this on the record, and we're going to revisit this later in the year. Um, I'll ask you, Travis, first to pick a number between one and thirty six. 13. 13. To, okay. All right. This is this is this is this is one. 
If it falls on a driver that is no longer driving, we're going to go off of the new driver of that car. 13th in the standings last year was Kevin Harvick in the four. Does Josh Berry go below or above that 13th finishing position in 2024? Average running? average? No, finish end of the year standings. Below. Oh, below. So you're saying he finishes better than 13th? No, worse. Below would be, you know, 12, 11, 10. Okay, higher. Okay, higher. We got Jared and Travis going higher. What are you doing there, Travis? Oh, just keep going, he says. All right, Jerry, give me another number. Ten. Uh, I, too, I, will, I, too, will take the above on Josh Berry uh, over the 13. Um, ten. Bubba Wallace. So the question is, will he finish below 10th in the standings? You can do better or worse. Better or worse. Ten. Bubba Wallace. Better. Probably close to, I would, that's tough. Yeah. My hope is better. As a friend of Bubba's, I hope better. Okay. I'm going to say better as well. Um, uh, Travis, give me a number. 17. Chase Elliott. Oh, easy. That's better. Easy, he says. Easy. Yeah, better. I, too, will go better. Okay. Give me another number. Well, now I know how well, to play. Well, hold on a second, though. Jared, Jared how many wins do you think he gets, Jared? Oh, more than zero? No, I mean... More than one and a half? Yeah, the yeah. Vegas line's probably one and a half to two. There's probably two, right? I would think. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. But how many wins does he have? End of the year. I'll say two. Two, three? Yeah, I'll say two. I was going to say two. Okay. All right, now I know how to play this game. Let me pick another number. Okay, go ahead. 24. There you go. Now we're getting into the fun <laughs> ones. 24, Austin Sendrick. I'd Better or I'd worse than number. 24th this year coming up? Man, they struggle at the clash. I mean, for that hour, whatever it was. I'm, I'm going to say better, but not by much. I mean, you got to be better. You got to be. You got to. I hope it's better. That that's fair. I mean, I think that I, I agree that he's got to be better than that for sure. Um, obviously, I'm torn on better or worse. Um, it's a. I mean, it is. It. I, you know, I, I hate to poo-poo, but it like the expectations of that two car should not be twenty fourth. Um, new car. A little more experience. All right, I'll go better. I'm going to go better on Austin Cindric 24th. Travis? Well, I was just going to say, you think about that team. They've had championships, but like in the regular season, though, they haven't been blowing people away. So it's hard to tell with that. I know. I think he's going to do better, though, but not by much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's fair. Travis, give me a number. Uh, 19. Mm, this is another one. Daniel Suarez, 19th. Better or worse in 2024? Does he improve? Does he get worse? Does he stay the same? I think he does worse. I think he's got a lot of pressure under him, too. SVG's right there. If Trackhouse doesn't expand, are they going to stay two? Now, what is, is he going to have a seat? 
go ahead. I'll, I'll go after you. Come on, Jared. I'm going to say worse. But not by much. Uh, gosh. I almost say the same. Um, that's not an that's not a I said before answer. you could say better or worse or the same. No, I don't think so. <laughs> it's his game. Uh I like to make up the rules as I go. Um yeah. I don't know. This is a tough one for sure. Trackhouse has got a lot of stuff going on for sure, and they've got obviously they've signed more seats than what they've got. Um certainly the the focus will be on the ninety nine to uh to improve upon nineteenth. Uh I think that the numbers I think the numbers pretty close to right. Um but I'll I'll say better. I'll say better. The only thing that worries me is is him trying really, really hard and making mistakes. That's the only thing that worries me on the under, but I'll but I'll I'll take the under. Uh let's do two more. Um I got one. <clears throat> Are you looking at the standings? Yeah. All right, go ahead. 22. 22nd, Eric Almirola, now Noah Gregson. How do you say Is it Gregson? Gregson. Yeah. I'm shrugging my shoulders. I want to make sure that we say his name properly. Maybe we can get some clarification from social media once uh, once this comes out. Um, Travis, your thoughts? What was the number? Noah at 22. God, these fall right on. <laughs> I think I'm going to say the same. Boy, that's an easy answer. Go ahead. I'm going to say worse. Uh, man, I just don't know what to make of Noah because... I know he's worked really, really hard. He's he's super motivated. Um, it's it's a lot of like what what does Stuart Haas do this year, right? I think you know do they have a resurgence? Um, do they stay the same? I don't think they get worse. Uh, I'll um, twenty two. I'm looking at the drivers. He's going to have to leapfrog. Uh, it's tough, but I'll probably say worse, but it's close. It's close. Um, Spending that much time out of the car, the cup car, like, is, do you think there's going to be an adjustment at the beginning of the year for him, or how do you think that'll go? I mean, he could win the Daytona 500. <laughs> I mean, realistically speaking, I'm, it, there, nothing is a shock in the 500 anymore, right? So, I mean, the last few winners we've had has been McDowell. No. Cindric, McDowell, and Stenhouse. So you just you just never know. Like, um, this is actually counterintuitive of what my season long bold prediction is. So I might be cutting my nose to spite my face on this one. Uh, but I would say I'd say it's the number's really, really close. I just don't know. I think that it would not surprise me if Noah goes out there. Um and contends for a playoff spot. It also would not you know, shock me in the world if he's you know in the low twenties. So I, I'm not sure. I think it's just kind of dependent on 
organization and whether they take the step, which I think with the new car, they probably should or would. Yeah, I think it's fascinating, though, looking at these standings and and going down to, you know, 20th, 21st, 22nd. It's like all those guys above that, you could make a case that they're a playoff driver this year. Like the right. competition right. is really I, good. Yeah, I mean, guys who didn't the make board. the playoffs last year, Alex Bowman, Suarez, Ty Gibbs, Chase Elliott. I, how are you not penciling at least three or four? three if not four of those guys as as playoff they they should make the playoffs. I mean they're just they're with organizations that should make the playoffs. I mean that is a very modest goal uh when you're driving one of these cars um that they're driving. So yeah, you're going to have to jump quite a few and you're always going to have like the two drivers that that win that you just don't plan for on a super speedway or, you know, McDowell at the road course, uh, at Indy last year, like, you know, that, that just, they weren't going to make it in on points, but they, they did it that way. Right. So, but even still like, so McDowell then that still was leaves right a there. big name out. Right. So who, who, if you're, if you're going to go ahead and pencil in the chase Elliott, Ty Gibbs, just because, Oh, well they're on a rise are coming. Alex Bowman, he's going to have a comeback season. Daniel Suarez, He's got. He's gonna go forward. You would think. I. Who are you taking out? I guess the four car was in. We're saying it's gonna be worse. So that. That's one out. Prediction wise, we just don't know, right? I mean, again, I don't. I hate. It's it's hard pressed to bet against Rodney Childers because he's just he's he, he finds speed, or has found speed with Kevin Harvick for so many years, and it's like well. We're, we're probably going to find out, well, what's – this is like Belichick and Tom Brady splitting up, right? You know, which – which what was it? <laughs> so um, that'll be interesting. I don't see any major names that I'm then taking out. Um, so certainly there'll, there'll be a, 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 at least a couple cars that you would expect to make the, to, to make the playoffs not make it. Um, so – It'll be fun to see how it all plays out. I got a question. 15 drivers won a race last year. Is that number higher, lower, or the same? Lower. I'm always a pessimist on the amount of drivers that win. Um, what was it? Was it 17 last the year before that? The first next-gen year, 16, 17? It was definitely it was, higher. It was higher, right? Because, like, Truex didn't make the playoffs, and he was second in points. Is that right? Or third in points, so because uh, he didn't win a race. Um, that's the good. That's the that's the the, the, the yeah, line. Yeah, it's like fourteen and a half. I feel like looking I, at I the standings. I feel like it's like thirteen and a half. I just think that I would choose over thirteen and a half. I know, but the trend is is that these big teams figure things out, and once they figure things out, they have an advantage that just you're not going to be able to overcome. The resources eventually catch up. I think, in my opinion. The next gen car really opened it up in the first year for the lower teams to like hit a setup and be really good and win a race. And that's why we saw so many winners the first year. And that number trended down in year two. I think it trends down again in year three. I know, but let's look at let's look at the win tallies from last year. There's four cars that won one race. Uh the twenty two, the thirty four 
the 47, and A.J. Elmendinger. Mm-hmm. You would assume Joey's not – I'm not saying any of these guys are fluke wins, but Joey's a, a proven winner season after season, obviously. Yeah. So let's pretend that, that you know, there's not a new winner at Daytona. So, you know, Ricky d- didn't, doesn't have this win last year. And then let's pretend that McDowell doesn't have that win last year. And then Allmendinger does have that win. So you take out three. Guys that didn't win a race last year, Brad Kozlowski, who ran up front quite a bit, mm-hmm. could easily have won. Bubba Wallace, I think we expect Bubba to win this year. Um, Chase Elliott. I certainly didn't, do. Chase Elliott didn't win. Uh, Ty Gibbs didn't win. Ty Gibbs could easily win a race this year. Mm-hmm. Suarez didn't win. You can make a case for Suarez. Did you mention Bowman? This year, Bowman. So, like, the number last year was 15. I get it. And there was only three or four guys that I won know, a but you race. also had William Byron get six. And if you kind of dig into those six... That just proves, was, makes my case better. Is if you take three of those mm-hmm. and now offer three new opportunities for another guy to win, you know, one of those could be Ty or Bubba. You're right. I, I think that's what makes this season kind of compelling on what happens because even though it doesn't seem like we were talking about like a ton of off season news, we were talking with Jordan Bianchi from the teardown. It, although it seems like a low, um, uh, article off season of like big moves, it's still a fair amount of them because there's manufacturers with new cars. Do they improve? Do they get worse? You have a few drivers in new spots, an overhaul at Stuart Haas, right? So it it is, it's, it's pretty compelling. Will Brad finally get a win in, in an RFK car, right? Um, uh, Busher, you know, had, didn't he have three in a row? Did he have three in a row? I think it was like three and five weeks. Oh. Yeah, it was three straight ovals. Remember? Oh, three Jordan straight ovals. Okay, that okay, okay. Um, and again, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it dig, if you dig into each one of these wins, you're just like, man, did he dominate three races, or did that? You know, was there a caution that helped that really? But he kept putting himself in position to then win the race, and he got on a really hot streak there because he kept top being in the top five, and then all of a sudden. If you keep doing that, a caution is going to fall your way, and you are going to get a win, right? And you capitalize. So, it's uh, execution is such a big part of this, and it's um, it's it's just going to be pretty compelling. So, I think this season's kind of wide open as to, you know, I think it's really easy always to put like the same four to five guys in the final four every single year, just because. Do I think that that that's unreasonable to do this year? No, because. I, again, I believe that the super organizations continue to just get a little better. I think pit crews continue to get a little bit more consistent year after year with the next-gen car. This will be ne- now the third year with with these single-lug pit stops. So if you look at kind of the blow-ups that pit crews have had, it was a big number in year one. Everyone's just got to get used to it. Look how many loose wheels. It was just like every single week right? someone was losing a wheel. Then it was quite a bit less last year. I think it'll be quite a bit less this year. So it just, people get acclimated, and that's when you start getting into the, man, this is starting to be little itty-bitty advantages here and there that just make a big difference as to uh, whether you're dominant or not. And I think that the big teams will always just have that because of the resources. So you're not going to get them to unlearn, these engineers to unlearn what they know. Um, And I think that that's why it's easy to pick 
you know, chalk guys. And and when people say, well, you know, my bold pick is a like a Chris Busher or Brad Kozlowski to get to the Final Four, it is somewhat bold. Now you wouldn't think so, but Brad still hasn't won over there. It's been a couple years now that he's gone winless. Brad, I think in my you know in my opinion is just. I pr- he probably doesn't get enough credit for how good he is behind the wheel. He's just really, really good. Um, it just may have not have shown in the win column the last couple of years. So uh, when you're building an organization or you're trying to help the technical side of things, the competition side of things, um, it's a process. I, I can understand that full firsthand, how, how tough it is for a two-car organization or three-car organization to, to go out there and win. So... I think that uh, we still haven't seen, and by the numbers, Brad's probably getting right to his prime, which is almost at 40 number. Is he like 38, 39? I'm not really sure. Um, so he's getting into that really sweet spot where statistically um, he's going to be in his prime. So I think that's 39. We, yeah. So we haven't, have we even seen the best Brad yet? That's, that's kind of what um, disappoints me in a way, because I know a lot of people who have gotten into NASCAR over the last, couple years because of you know outside things like the netflix series and and things like that and they don't necessarily know how good brad is like brad was really good yeah yeah at penske (laughs) Penske. he was was just yeah he was a guy that you could just mark down for three to four wins a year i mean yeah yeah, i think uh man i don't know i'm trying to rack my brain here but i feel like there was a streak there of like three or four years in a row he had three wins or more i mean that is no easy task, and I don't care what your organization is. If it's good, then you've got good teammates. It's got the same shit as you, so it makes it even harder. Brad so. went from 2016 to 2022, winning at least three races. That's six <laughs> years in a row. And and if we go from 2011 to 2020, he won three races a year, excluding two years. Um 2013 and 2015. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I mean, that's interesting for sure. And so, you know, if you're looking for a bold pick to, you know, make it to the final four, Brad might be it. I don't know. You know, if if that organization continues on the trend that they have been on, um, one interesting... You know, I'm trying to kind of go through the list here and like Kyle Bush. I just don't I don't know what to do with Kyle Bush. I'm sitting here. I mean, look what I wrote down here. I said Bush wins Daytona. I that's just a gut thing and I write it down, but then I also say what 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 does this season look like? Cuz like he had the most unassuming three wins of all last year, right? One happened early, and then another one. You had Fontana, right? Yeah. And then I know he won St. Louis. I don't even know the third one. Uh, but I just feel like I don't know what to make of it. What what should our expectations be for Kyle Busch? This is one of – I mean, the guys right now – He's got 60 some wins. He, it, it's hard for not for me to not put him in the Mount Rushmore of NASCAR drivers. Now there's others coming down the line, the Kyle Larsons, what happens with Joey 
from now to the end of his career? How many wins does he rack up? Like, there's others coming that could could potentially get a big win total, but there ain't many, if any, that's going to catch Kyle Busch. So, what should our what should our are we tempering our expectations of Kyle because he's with RCR? Do we just have a tainted yeah, feeling? Why? They're a, they're a Chevy P1 team. They get all the same information that the Hendrick teams get. Well, his, historically, they have not won nearly as many races as the Hendrick teams. Yeah, I mean, they're a two-car team, right? They've won at least three races two or three years in a row. I mean, I think Reddick had three uh, in 2022, all road courses, right? Um, I don't know. I it, It's so tough because I look at these guys and all I see is like they're upside. And I'm like, oh, that driver's great and he's going to win a lot. But there's only so many wins to go around. And so somebody's going to have a year that falls below expectations. And so that's what confuses me about Kyle is that you know as a talent he is a guy that I believe to me he's like Kyle Larson like you just say oh he's going to win four races a year that's just because of his talent he's going to win four races a year but he didn't he had a real bad playoffs last year and I mean, we were talking more about him run, driving backwards than we were him driving forward. Like, you know, that was just kind of his highlight reel the second half of the season. And even he'll admit it's just they, they just kind of lost it. So, like, what would your expectation – what's your realistic right, expectations so here, you, for you, Kyle? You, you, you mentioned RCR. Are we tempering our expectations because of RCR? And outside of Tyler Reddick's three-win season in 2022 – Prior to that, RCR hadn't had a multi-win season in almost a decade, if I'm not reading this racing reference wrong. So, like, to me, that's the yeah. that's why that is, right? Because you think Kyle's driving an RCR car. Obviously, Kyle's super talented, but he's driving an RCR car. So, our expectations are tempered because what is RCR going to bring to the table for Kyle? Yeah. If they bring... At least last year's, uh, if, they, if they come to the track each weekend this year, equivalent to what they did last year, then I think the expectations for Kyle are a one-two-win season. I, I can't argue with you, <clears throat> and I don't know why, because I know Kyle's talented, but I don't, I can't pinpoint anything that RCR doesn't have can't make him successful. I think they've got really strong pit crews. Um, I mean, they've they've got a good organization. They have. They just have underachieved a little bit um, as far as what you would expect um, them to. But there's also weekends where, like, it seems like last year I didn't feel it as much for RCR where there was weekends where, oh, the RCR cars are fast. But I feel like the years prior to that, there would have been I just there seems like there was weekends. I don't know, maybe a Richmond comes to my mind pretty quickly where like Austin Dillon is really fast, and then his teammate, who was his teammate at the time. But it just they didn't have that 
show up and they're the fastest organization. And then I think every other team had that last year where, oh, the, both of their cars or that organization is fastest weekend. RCR just never had that. It was either Kyle or it just wasn't happening. So, I mean, in that breath, I mean, certainly Austin Dillon needs to perform better. Um, you know, 29th, that's, that's got to improve. I think there's, that's the easiest probably layup of, of all that is going to improve. It's got to. Um, so, you know, I, I think one Eric Jones, I'm just looking at the standings. He was 27th last year. That might be actually, that might be the easiest one that I think goes forward. I think Eric Jones, well, that team had a penalty too, right? Yeah. Was it 100 points? I think it was a lot to put Eric but Jones I, to at me, 27. Like, so 20. what? He's, he, give him 100 points. He's 22nd. So <laughs> it's just, uh, I mean, Austin Dillon had the same thing. I think they had a big penalty after Martinsville as well. But again, you give him 100 points and you're just not gaining that much. It's it's 23rd in points. So um, it was yeah. sixty. It was sixty points. Oh, okay, sixty. So it, yeah, he's not gaining that much. He's still twenty sixth in points, uh, even without that penalty. So, I mean, I think you know you've got the Cindrics, Austin Dillon, um, Harrison Burton, those guys that that need to step up. There's no doubt that uh, they're they're expecting more from themselves than than what the results have shown. No doubt about it. Um, you know, I think I heard where kind of Pinsky believes that you need three years of experience to really evaluate someone. I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, I think that uh, within a year or two, you, you definitely need to show flashes of being able to run in the top five. Um, it, it, not every week, but I think that sh- you got, the really good – Guys, like even Chase Elliott, even though he didn't win right, you know, the first couple of years of his career, he he had flashes of like, oh, he can win. And I think now Ty Gibbs, he's going into his second season. We're all penciling him. Oh, he's going to win, right? And so I think that they're being a little bit more patient, which is is totally um, understandable. I think you have less practice, which is is a factor, right? These guys can't go and test like they used to back in the day. Um, so it's probably the right strategy to, uh, to give these guys more seat time, more of an opportunity to perform, but eventually, you know, you have to be able to perform at least, you know, to your teammates abilities, um, on a consistent basis. So, um, all those guys, you know, got to perform this year, um, or else they'll, they'll be on a microscope. I think that, uh, I don't know what you call it, hot seat, no hot seat. I, I don't know. But there's going to be more of a scrutiny to it if if the performance isn't there uh, for another year. Yeah. What's your expectations for twenty three eleven this year? New building. Um, it's a lot of a lot of new around twenty three eleven. Where where are we where are we going this year? I mean, our expectations is to continue to get better, and that's a very vague statement. Um, you know, I just two cars in the playoffs. That is not. That is way too modest um, for what what we have going on there. So, um, I my goal uh, would be to have both cars, at least both cars in the uh, in the final eight. So 
that is my goal that continues to move us to that trajectory of having a car in the final four within five years. So, um, what, what, uh, what changes this year to, to get you to that goal? Uh, there's been a few changes. Um, we've just added some more resources here and there. Um, I think obviously being in a new building, there's a lot of, to gain with that. I think, uh, you know, I've, I've said many times that, you know, this building was built for the employees. It's, it's, it's very employee friendly. Um, you know, we added, you know, just people, some, some engineering staff, um, you know, got some great, you know, tools and stuff that we're, we're working on towards the future. So I just think that, uh, they've got everything that they need to go out there and compete for race wins every single week. Um, I'd say that whatever the expectations are of a Joe Gibbs racing car, I I don't understand why we would move our goals um, any lower than that. Um, I I know it bugged me a little bit when I watched the Netflix thing and Bubba, he's always got this chip on his shoulder. And he says, we're not supposed to be here. I was like, yeah, you are. <laughs> I expect you to be here. I mean, there might be, you know, are, are you do, just because a few fans don't think you're good enough personally to get there. You absolutely have everything that it takes to be, you know, a top 10 point guy. And then you figure out how to get a little bit better every single year. And then you start chipping away. Okay. I'm going to make the, the final eight this year. Then I'm going to figure out, okay, Where's my weaknesses? Let's go work on that. And then I'm going to get my way into the final four. So it's just, it's a slow and steady progression for sure. Uh, but as, as, as a team owner, I, I expect my guys to compete for race wins each and every week, because I, I believe that we give them the resources to do that. That's why like booty on Netflix said, we're not the little engine that could like, he right. kind of had like the opposite mentality. Yeah. We're, we're not an underdog. This is not an underdog team anymore, for sure. And so, um, we I, patting ourselves on the back for running in the top ten. I, I, you know, I don't mean to be the tough guy, but like that's that's very modest goals for for our teams. I I think that uh, I expect them to contend for wins and top fives on a regular basis, not just be happy with running, uh, you know, tenth or twelfth. That's 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 too. Those, that bar is just too low. Yeah, I mean, when you started this team... Too high, I should say. When you no, started... Too low. I'm backwards. I'm thinking if you're doing the, the, uh, <laughs> I know, the limbo, you're... the bar is too low, that means it's too hard, but the bar is higher, it's easier. Right, this is how I felt about the, the number game. Like, are they <laughs> yeah, higher or below? Yeah. Or below, yeah. or is they higher? Yeah. Um, when you started 2311, you said your, your goal was a five-year plan um, to be a championship contending team i mean you're you're close to that we're in yeah. year four yeah I, again it's um last year i think that they barely ex- exceeded the expectations that i set for them obviously i'm publicly kind of setting expectations here now um but you know it's it's not just as easy as numbers on a page either i, I you know certain stats and stat columns um it's hard to pin your success or failures based off of what happens in a stack column. Right. So I think that, um, let me think about 
Kevin Harvick, for instance, uh, was that 2021 10 races, but didn't make the final four for whatever reason it could be. Yeah. I think there was a wreck at Texas, a few other things like you give me a 10 race win season and not make the final four. Probably going to say, all right, I'm good with that. Well, yeah, it gets you to 60 <laughs> wins. You would say I, I mean, yes. You know what I'm saying? So I just, yeah. are the championships the same? No, they're not. Wins, man. Wins, wins, wins. Like, those are the guys that you're talking about. I mean, poor Blaney got cut out of the damn uh, New York Knicks photo, right? It's like, <laughs> they didn't care about the, who was the champion, right? It's just like, uh, so it, it's and it's just different, right? And And so I think that show that you can be a contender every single week. And that's going to be your that's going to be your elite group for sure. Are we going to get a, a tour of the twenty three eleven building sometime soon? We are. I um I don't know when we'll open to the public. Um, we're trying to finish up a few uh, final touches to before we do that. Um, it certainly will be open before uh, Charlotte week. I would imagine. Um, but yeah, there, there's just some final touches and things that we want to, we want to live in there for a little bit as well, uh, for a little while, kind of understand where everything's at, kind of understand the flow, um, before we open it up to, to the public, but there'll be, you know, like three different viewing areas that you'll be able to see the shop floor on uh, a great interactive screen that, uh, people will be able to, uh, check out. There's, uh, no, there's actually more viewing areas, five. So you'll be able to look in like to our engine room where they're you know, putting the engines together, you'll be able to see into uh, all kinds of different rooms that you've never been able to see at a race shop before. So very, very cool that, uh, you know, how it's all laid out and excited for the people to see it, but we're just not ready to show the inside quite yet. Do you have a favorite part of the building? Probably his apartment office. <laughs> That's not done yet. <laughs> yeah, me and Michael's uh, ownership lounge, I guess you could say. Uh, it's not, that's, that part's not done yet. That'll be a couple months. We're about to start on it. Um, we didn't need we didn't need that to build cars, so we made sure all the shop floor, engineering, business wing, all that stuff was done first. Probably my favorite part is uh, the cafe slash game room, if I had to guess. Like that, just the feel of it. A lot of greenery. I spent a lot of time on on ladders putting up greenery in the in that area. It's just I enjoyed being hands on um, in the process. So. Uh, Actually, one of our employees, uh, Mike LaRusso, he says, I'm not calling you Denny Downer anymore. I'm calling you Detail Denny. <laughs> he says, you just walk through here and start picking apart things that like, need, you know, you want to tweak or want to, you know, this, that, and the other. I'm like, I know. I wish I could let go of some things and just kind of say it's good enough, but it's just not in my blood. Yeah, that was a neat perspective to see of you in the Netflix show is when they, when they filmed you in the... You know. Yeah, yeah, it's again it's it's just hard to explain and when you get to see the inside you understand how much detail is in there it's uh it is it's just amazing i'm so happy with the way it turned out uh employees are ecstatic with it uh i love that just you know getting the man i i i appreciate this you know this yeah. is this is amazing i feel like i'm working at a five star hotel like that to me makes that so rewarding knowing how much time I've put into into that facility. So I love it for the employees, and hopefully we get a return on the investment by the results that we see on the racetrack. 
Yeah, well, for, so everyone wanting a wanting a view of this, I'm going to pressure Denny on a on a cribs episode here. In the, in <laughs> I, the yeah, we'll do it. We'll I know of a media company soon. that can help you out, Denny. If you, uh... I understand. I understand. Uh, before we wrap up, I got a few more questions I want to ask you. Uh, Toyota has two more cars to work with this year at Daytona. Uh, is two cars enough to notice a difference? Yeah, I think what it will allow us to do is kind of set our own strategy. Like we we just had to latch on to whatever group pitted either first or last, whatever we wanted to do, we never could set our own strategy of when we decided to pit. We always had to pit with others. So this hopefully will give us enough car count to be able to do that. That that's what that's the biggest change I think that that the Toyotas will finally see is to have enough cars to set their own strategy instead of latching onto someone else's. I guess it'd be three if if Jimmy qualifies. Yep. Front row. Right. Bold, bold <laughs> prediction. Bold prediction. Uh, I'm curious, outside of your Daytona race wins, which is typically the answer to this question you usually have, is there any like moment throughout your storied career at Daytona that really sticks out to you? I mean, just, I would say the 2004 Daytona 500, the one that Dale Jr. won. The- it, it's just a great memory because of the how the whole weekend played out. Like that... To me, was that's the one you ended in victory lane with him with, right? Correct. The yep. one that you saw the picture on on our social media about uh, where I'm in victory lane. I'm actually standing next to my future bus driver that has been work, working with me now for the last 10 plus years or so. So if you look just to the right of me is uh, he was a uh, John Atkins. He was the uh, the bus driver for DEI at the time. And so I was standing next to him. I I don't even think I said a word to him in victory lane that day. We just happened to be in the same photo op. And then I look and it, it's funny because I got a text. Um, uh, gosh, I can't remember the name, but he's like, Hey, I got a, I got a picture here and that was framed in my office. He works at RCR now in, in comms. Uh, and he's like, I looked at that picture and it's been in my office for forever. He's like, I, it was the victory lane picture. And he's like, he looked up and he says, what the hell is Denny Hamlin doing in that picture? And it was the picture of him and me and John and Dale Jr. all and Josh Snyder and all those guys in victory lane. He's like, what the hell was he in that picture for? And so I just, you know, that was the moment where that weekend I was actually on iRacing. It was NASCAR 2003 back then. And Dale Jr. was just like, hey, what are you doing this weekend? I'm like, not much. He's like, you want to come down to Daytona? I'm like, sure. Drove nine and a half hours down there. He's like, I got a place for you to stay. I'm like, all right, well, where do I stay? He's like, well, if you don't stay with me on the bus, then we'll just, uh, I'll, I got a spot for you at this little rental house. I'm like, okay. So I go to the rental house and I'm staying with Martin Truex and somebody else and somebody else. And he just basically had all of his dirty mo buddies um, <laughs> in this Full house. It's, it's crazy. And that, that's the true story, right? And so... Um, I remember sitting there and I, and I'm going to the track and that actual weekend I signed my deal, my development deal with Joe Gibbs racing. So I remember at the end of the race, I was a guest of Dale Jr. So I'm in his bus watching the race, but the day before I just signed my deal with Joe Gibbs racing, but I didn't really feel comfortable like hanging out with them or piggybacking off them. So it was a battle between Tony Stewart and Dale Jr. That day. And I remember walking it was 20 laps to go, and I'm thinking, like, what pit box do I kind of 
hang out behind? Do I do? Ah, sh- I'll just go to Dale Jr.'s. And I remember when I'm walking behind the pit boxes, I hear the crowd and I look up and that's when he made the move on the back stretch to pass Tony. And then, uh, yeah, I just hung out the rest of the time in victory lane and then carried that trophy after we did all the photo ops to the bus for him. So it's, that was just, it was a cool memory cause I'd never been to Daytona before. Um, and so that was a, a great memory for me to go through the tunnel for the first time, experience the Daytona 500 for the first time. And again, I didn't know what my pathway was to actually competing in the Daytona 500. I didn't know two years later that I was going to be competing in it. Um, I was still just racing late models at the time. I, I didn't have any job. So other than working at my dad's trailer shop. So crazy that two years later I, I competed in it and actually won the shootout. Two years later, actually, now I'll think about it to the day. So, and beat, I, this is crazy. Now I'm thinking about it. And beat Tony Stewart and Dale Jr. If you look at the photo op from the 2006 Daytona, the shootout, they tied for second and I won the race. That's crazy, right? Crazy stuff. So, that was my favorite Daytona memory. This Besides great, winning, of course. Yeah, that, that, was a great, that, was a great, that was a great answer. Um, Dear Denny, now that you've been in the new Camry, what are your thoughts on it? It's it's too early to tell, but I mean, it drives like the old Camry. I don't know what to say. It I can't tell the difference from the driver's seat. Not in the current time and period. We haven't been at a track that's got enough speed in it to to really know uh, any of the characteristics. But you know, for those who don't know, like when we have a new car, um, like the new Camry XSE this year. Everything else is the same. So when I strap in, all I can see is my dash, all the roll bars, everything around me. And that's exactly the same as it was last year. So I don't feel any difference yet. Um, again, I don't know if I need to drive it differently on a Will you feel difference like in the draft potentially this weekend? Yeah. I mean, you definitely, you know, it'd be interested. You know, I've got to learn how it drafts. That's one thing that'll be crucial for us this weekend is to understand you know, the air certainly is not going to be coming off the front nose the same as the old Camry. So what do I need to then find these pockets of air that's going to make my car go forward? So I'm going to have to play around with that a little bit in practice to understand where the new holes are uh, in this draft. So I think uh, it'll take some learning. We're going to, you know, certainly in practice, I would imagine we're probably going to connect bumpers to see is this thing stable or not? <laughs> you know, how, how aggressive can I be pushing teammates? How hard can I hit them without getting them out of shape? That's all going to have to be kind of a trial and error. And it's going to be the same for the Ford guys as well, right? right. We don't know how our bumper is going to connect to the Fords and the Chevy. So it's we're going to learn it all on the fly. So trial and error in the duels on Thursday? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I, I would think so because usually these practices amount to you're going out there with your manufacturer teammates. Not many people mix it up anymore in practice. Uh, cause, cause of the strain it puts if you wreck on, on your team. So yeah, I would imagine that it's going to be the, the duels is where we're going to start to play around with that. I mean, that seems pretty significant yep. if you're going to have to learn this it is. in the first race, yeah. but a lot of people are, <laughs> yeah, except for the Chevy guys, right? What? No, because they're, they're connecting to a different bumper as well. Fair from front and back. Right. So everyone is, um, any other racing things you want to talk about? I got one more question on here, but it's not racing related. No, I, I think we pretty much covered it. Uh, through a few bold predictions out there, a few over-unders on drivers. 
Yeah, I'm ready to get 2024 going. The new VR goggles. No, not even VR goggles. I'm not. Can't even call them that. The new <laughs> Apple Vision Pro. Yeah, uh, that was a game changer. I game changer. I, it might be a stretch, but no, I'd say that's an understatement. Really? Yeah. I feel like there's not enough apps now that support it to really make it something that I I must wear. Like it's. <sighs> I mean, yes, I can still have all the apps I have from my phone on there, but to really experience like, oh, wow, I just put myself on the moon, right? That part, there's there's not a whole lot of apps yet. They're, they're coming, but like just the dinosaur experience was just crazy. Like right. we just went in there and I was able to put an F1 car in my in my living room and then I sat in it and I could pick apart like body parts and see what's under it. That that was incredible. Yeah. To me, it's just, it's fascinating because I feel like over the last handful of years as just humans, we've always been like, oh, you know, like what, you know, we have this iPhone now or these smartphones, like what's the next step? Mm -hmm. And now there's like something tangible where it's like this Apple vision is the worst it's ever going to be. The yeah. moment they figure out how to condense Make it that down to like glasses. sunglasses or something. Yeah. yeah that. Like this is now going to be this interface on your phone is going to be a part of your actual vision in hmm. twenty five. You think? 50 years. I mean, yeah, yeah. You think so? You think the actual hard device of carrying it around will go away, and we're all just going to wear glasses? I, I mean, I would hope it's just glasses. I hope I'm not alive for the. I mean, you never know. In a hundred years, you could be having surgery on your actual eyes, right? And that. I don't want to be wearing glasses twenty four seven though. Well, it'd be like a nine to five thing. So what do I do? Do I have a phone then when I'm not? No, you wouldn't have a phone. This is your new phone. Yeah, it's it basically Travis, I, I'm looking at everything around here, but I can just prompt my apps to pop up here in 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 the air and I can click on them. Instead of me staring down at my phone, I'm just now I'm still don't you still wouldn't have my attention, even though you're right there because I'm I've got to click on it, but it it's definitely, it's different. I I agree that this certainly, you sent me the kind of the, the review that said, well, this is, I wouldn't buy them yet because it's just going to keep getting better. I agree with that, right? They're, they're, right. they're heavy. Um, this is, this is at the moment, this is nothing it, more than like a cool product to have. But it it's surely, I agree that like, whoa, we got a lot of potential with where the world is going, right? I can, you know, paste notes on the fridge and go back and see them, you know, weeks from now, uh, don't forget to buy this or whatever. So it's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. You, you won't need TVs. If, if you don't want to buy a TV, you can put a TV in every different room of your house. That in, That's an interesting thought. Maybe it's, people should probably take their stock out of TV companies now. Well, I'm just saying, <laughs> if, you, TVs if you spend are gonna 1500 bucks on a TV, you got to think the cost of this will also go down. I mean, I spent nearly five grand on these things after you buy the travel case and the extra battery. It was it was quite a bit, but I, I didn't want to be left out. <laughs> I just was like, you're what not, is all the hype You're about? not left out. You're one of the few people's in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so how it started is actually I was walking in the Apple store like trying to check out the trees in the Apple store because they had live trees and they had a mirrored ceiling, which I didn't realize it's just vinyl stretched. And I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. I'm like, oh, what's this thing? And they're like, oh, you got to try it. So you, you need to demo it. It's unbelievable. I'm like, okay, let me demo it. They said, we got a spot in eight hours. I'm like, oh, 
can I just can I just buy it and figure it out? And they're like, uh, sure. I said, all right. Well, you just got your easiest sale of the day. Day. Wow. So <laughs> that's what happened. That's how I ended up with them. But I'm glad I did. I, it's that's what's interesting, right? Is that instead of you having to put a fifteen hundred dollar TV in every room, you're able to make the biggest TV you could imagine and put it in every room, and it boom. Click it, it, it'll stay there. I right. remember, so I was laying in my bed the other day. I had them on, and I stretched the TV to be the entire size of the wall in my bedroom. It had to be 150 to 200 inches. I went around the back to the bathroom, and I could see the TV through the bathroom wall. So I was brushing my teeth. I saw myself in the mirror, and I saw the TV through the wall. Yeah. Incredible. It's like we're just upstairs and Molly was like playing a game with the headset on. And you're like, Molly, you got to go brush your teeth. You got to go get ready for the day. That's the challenge. It's like, Molly, (laughs) just just go and brush your teeth. You can brush your teeth and watch TV. Yeah. It's a little scary as a parent because I'm like, oh, this is a rabbit hole. I don't don't want these things hanging off my kid's face all the time. No. But I can tell you this. Would it be helpful on a flight? Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Don't. You don't have to really worry about sitting coach anymore because you you can just immerse yourself in a completely different place. Yeah. It also just goes to show how smart your kids are, at least how, how Molly is. I was here four days ago, and you couldn't get her to figure out how to like unlock it, right? So she could play with the dinosaur thing on her own. And now I come back in here, and she's... She's moving around. She's moving around, telling stuff. me to get out of the way. And <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So. Well, I appreciate you all tuning in. Uh, Jared, you got anything else? This review comes from Andy4248, and they say, I've listened to this podcast since episode one, hated you for a long time, and it was even worse once you started the beef with Ross Chastain. This podcast has changed my view on you. You're an honest, down-to-earth guy and a great father, and I really appreciate that. Man, that is one of the nicest reviews I've gotten. They all start with, hated you for a long (laughs) time, though. But I love that they take a turn there. So, Andy, thank you for that review. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, that, that, that's the kind of reviews we love to see. So, Andy4248, thank you. Uh, make sure you guys uh, continue to rate and review and follow us wherever you get your podcast. We also, by the way, have a brand new YouTube page. Make sure you subscribe to it. So, go to YouTube, uh, just search Actions Detrimental, and you will find it. And uh, we'll post this thing uh, here on Monday. Real quick, can we confirm or deny? I, I was curious this week the reaction to the video of you saying that you're retiring the I beat your favorite driver line. That does not mean that the era of heel Denny is over. Just that line. Well, is- I hope the fans have tuned in because we nearly let this one slip right past. <laughs> right. So if you tuned in. This was not on purpose. <laughs> you, <laughs> yeah. You get the new rallying cry. So I'm going to shed this hoodie and this is going to be, is it, is our hashtag? Is it? Yeah, it's a hashtag. It's the, okay. it's the team okay. rallying. It's and, and this will, this will be, when you hear this, Jared will post a link where you can buy this shirt. And I want to see this shirt all over the racetrack every week. Okay, here we go. I'm taking them, taking them off. Okay, we've shed it. Your your if computer's you see, in the way. If you see us, move your computer down. Up. Oh. There we go. Here we are. 
He's all in. We're all in. And just so you know, we're all in because we've had a lot of failures. Check out the back. <laughs> Check out the back. Hold on. It's our freaking year, DH. No. Didn't, didn't work. Let's freaking go, DH. No. We did it. No. Beat your favorite driver, all of them. No. It's our year. No. None of that. We're all in this year. The 11, DH, we're all in. We're going all the way to the promised land. Tons of wins. Championship. Let's go. Pre-order now. All right. Well, uh, we'll see y'all after Daytona 500, and we'll wrap up uh, what we saw, and uh, hopefully we're going to be – hopefully we have to push this episode back because we won the Daytona 500. We'll have to push back Tuesday or something. Or we'll have to do a live on location. Yeah. But either way, you'll be able to tune into the teardown right after the Daytona 500, and then we'll be shortly after that. So we'll see you all next week. Check out Dirty Mo Media on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram.